Isn't that a lovely hymn? It's one of my favorites, and it will most likely become an earworm that gets stuck in my head for days, I'm sure. But I don't mind. When was the last time that you looked at the stars or considered the magnificence of a beast such as a whale? The simple yet beautiful song reminds us that our life is not our own. The author of life created each of us, the sparrow, the whale, the swirling stars, the rainbow. And so we center today on the story of Noah. Could Noah, that courageous ark captain and animal gatherer called by God, have guessed that the worst moments of his life Surrounded by a menagerie of animals in a watery apocalypse of unknown proportion, could he have known that generations later, his story would continue to remind us of God's grace? A story that grounds us in the ultimate knowledge that God gives life and God can choose to take it away. It's a story that precipitates God to declare a covenant with us that never again would the world be subject to such destruction? And so as we prepare for another stewardship season, you are, on, you are invited on a journey backwards by remembering God's covenant of old, but at the same time, a journey forward as we live into a new beginning by welcoming our new senior pastor, Mark Curtis, as we emerge slowly out of this COVID-19 period of disruption, and as we prepare for a future where God's spirit continues to guide us in new ways that we can't even imagine, perhaps in even risky, startling ways, such as Noah experienced. So let me remind you of Noah, though I hope you remember, Noah is the only righteous man left on earth. And so he is tasked by God to build an enormous boat to carry his family and all kinds of animals after God has decided that he is going to destroy the world and start over because God saw that the earth and all flesh had become corrupted. And so the rains come and the floods start and they do not let up for 40 days while Noah and his crew bob on the flood. And so listen now to Noah's story as the flooding recedes, land emerges slowly, the ark settles on a mountaintop, and God proposes a covenant that will shine brightly in the sky. Bear with me, this is a lot of scripture, but hear now Genesis 8 and 9. But God remembered Noah and all the wild animals and all the domestic animals that were with him in the ark. And God made a wind to blow over the earth, and the waters subsided. The fountains of the deep and the windows of the heavens were closed. The rain from the heavens was restrained, and the waters gradually receded from the earth. At the end of 150 days, the waters had abated. And in the seventh month, on the 17th day of the month, the ark came to rest on the mountains of Ararat. The waters continued to abate until the 10th month. In the tenth month, on the first day of the month, the tops of the mountains appeared. At the end of forty days, Noah opened the window of the ark that he had made and sent out the raven 
and it went to and fro until the waters were dried up from the earth. Then he sent out the dove from him to see if the waters had subsided from the face of the ground. But the dove found no place to set its foot, and it returned to him to the ark, for the waters were still on the face of the whole earth. So he put out his hand and took it and brought it into the ark with him. He waited another seven days, and again he sent out the dove from the ark. And the dove came back to him in the evening, and there in its beak was a freshly plucked olive leaf. So Noah knew that the waters had subsided from the earth. Then he waited another seven days and sent out the dove, and it did not return to him anymore. Then God said to Noah and to his sons with him, As for me, I am establishing my covenant with you and your descendants after you, and with every living creature that is with you, the birds, the domestic animals, and every animal on the earth with you, as many as came out of the ark. I establish my covenant with you, that never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of a flood, and never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. God said, this is the sign of the covenant that I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for all future generations. I have set my bow in the clouds, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. When I bring clouds over the earth and the bow is seen in the clouds, I will remember my covenant that is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. And the water shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. When the bow is in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. God said to Noah, this is the sign of the covenant that I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And so for a moment, in your mind, close your eyes if you need to. Picture Noah's gigantic ark floating amidst all of that falling gray rain. Elephants and penguins and lizards and who knows what can be seen on deck gazing out over the water. But out in the distance, there's some mountaintops. They're almost ready to be swallowed by floodwaters. And can you guess who missed the boat? There are two unicorns sitting and looking at each other as the ark passes by, and they exclaim, oh shoot, was that today? <laughs> it's one of my favorite biblical cartoons. It's a hard scripture, so we need a little levity, perhaps. And so friends, take a deep breath with me. And exhale, because it's just you and me for the next couple of weeks. New beginnings are on the horizon, a fresh start. This in-between time of waiting and searching for a new pastor, and waiting and praying for this pandemic to end, and waiting some more, is going to conclude. The finish line is within sight. And so with great anticipation, we are waiting eagerly for this new beginning that is coming 
In just two weeks, as we welcome our 16th senior pastor, the Reverend Mark Curtis. And I think it's fair to say that 100% of us are looking forward, even ecstatic, to be moving closer to new beginnings and away from the terrible discord that has defined our lives over the past nearly two years since COVID-19 arrived. And so it's easy, right? We can pack away the past and focus on the road ahead. If only it was that easy. Our memories of this past year and a half will not be quickly forgotten, and nor should they. And of course, we are not out of this pandemic just yet. And so instead, as people of faith, we have two jobs. One, we do not deny the darkness of discord. We do not pretend that we haven't experienced severe disruption. We recognize that right now we are still on that boat with Noah, that dry land is beginning to emerge, but we're not quite there yet. And so our posture is one towards God, ready to see this disruption transformed. And so we wait expectantly, we turn towards each other, and we use the hands and the minds that God gave us to deliver God's comfort and justice together now. And two, we reach back even further than our own memory to the memories of those that came long before us. We turn to our sacred scripture and we recall accounts of God's liberating and merciful action over and over again. We ground ourselves and the covenantal history with God, our creator, redeemer, and sustainer, who continues to uphold God's covenant and who renewed it in human flesh through Jesus Christ. And so yes, we turn back to the Moses stories and the great exodus out of Egypt, to Job's lament, to Ruth's bravery and loss, and we see how God was present. We remember God's covenants and faithfulness as we look to the future. But let's go back to that boat for a moment. What do you think passed through Noah's mind when he slowly opened the door to that ark and beheld that soggy, waterlogged earth? Was he excited? Was he weary, energized, worried? or a complex jumble of all these. I think, I don't know, but I think that perhaps it was more a mixture of utter terror at what was found after the earth had been swallowed by floodwaters, joy that they had survived and that the earth had reappeared, and thoughts of how in the world are they supposed to start over? How are they to restart life? And yet we know that disruption and chaos, as difficult as they are, are not unusual for us. In fact, disruption is probably more prevalent than what we would consider normalcy. But I like to think that inherent disruption is the hope. The hope that we cultivate through faith that something new and different will occur. Healing, 
restoration, reconciliation, redemption, and resurrection. And so that hope that God blesses us with, that hope sustains us until the floodwaters do finally recede and we can walk on dry land again. But hope and God's actions do not erase history or the consequences that may follow. Noah risks everything by trusting in God and foregoing everything that he knew to build a wooden ark in order to save his family. And so he makes it through the floods. Everything he knew, all the people he knew were gone. The land that Noah finds when he steps off that boat is not the same land. Just as our own lives will not return to what we knew previously to this pandemic. But that's okay. While every other human on earth is gone, and while it looks like an apocalyptic zone that we can't even imagine, Noah's new beginning has begun. And it rests completely in God's grace and the promise that God will continue to provide for Noah his family, and all living things. And God does. God gives them a covenant unlike any other covenant established before. You see, in this covenant, there are no conditions for humans to obey. There are no consequences should humans fail. This covenant is strictly for God. It is strictly to remind God of what God has promised, that God chooses to preserve life forever and sets that bow in the clouds as a reminder that God will never snuff out life again on earth. New beginnings mean many things. They mean looking at our own selves deeply, claiming that we must move and turn fully towards God. And it means discarding the stories that the world tells us about success and security and moving out of a land of disruption or bondage by risking to follow God instead. We choose. It is up to us. We choose to trust God even when we can't see the path ahead knowing that God goes before us. It's easy to romanticize this story, to focus on the easy aspects, such as the animals parading up into the ark by twosies. We teach our kids fun songs and color animals and rainbows. We have Noah Ark toys or decorative sets at our homes. But we are quick to avoid, or perhaps we even forget altogether, that this is a terrible apocalyptic story where massive life is lost. And consider how hard it was for Noah and his family to have to leave that behind and trust in God. And so why choose this for a stewardship sermon? Stewardship is not just talking about money, though that's important. Stewardship always points us to God's grace and that God chooses us again and again and again and that God has promised 
to preserve life and be with us forever. And part of that grace that God gives us is in the provision for our lives, the earth that is our home, and recognizing that God has tasked us with caring for it and caring for each other. And so stewardship makes us refocus on how we respond to God's grace by actively evaluating how we use our own resources and gifts, practicing tithing and generosity lives into the faith we have that God's kingdom is being prepared for us in the future, just as Noah had hopes of a future where the flooding receded. And we wait ultimately for God's kingdom, that ultimate new beginning that is being prepared for us at that generous banquet table where all are welcome. But new beginnings are not easy, they are not smooth, and they will take work and confidence that God's spirit is moving through us even when we don't feel as though God is there. And so perhaps, perhaps our new beginnings mean rethinking how we use old paradigms and transforming them into something novel. God demonstrates us through the very sign of the covenant that he gave to Noah. Theologian Gerhard von Rad writes, the Hebrew Bible word that we translate rainbow usually means in the Old Testament the bow of war. The beauty of the ancient concept thus becomes apparent. God shows the world that God has put aside God's bow. A weapon of war has been reshaped into a sign of God's covenantal love. A weapon of death becomes a sign of life abundant. Just as God took the cross, a means of execution and death, and gave us resurrection life through Christ Jesus and redeemed the cross into something new. And so I'm excited, and I hope you are too, because there are untold opportunities that will emerge as the pandemic ends. And so are we willing to take those brave steps that perhaps we've never taken before have faith as Noah did, and recall that rainbow when turmoil threatens us? Will we allow this time of transition and disruption to propel us into a future where we are willing to take risks and perhaps even endure the prospect of failure as we seek to embrace a new beginning? I think we can. I think we are willing. This church has done amazing and faithful ministry for almost 230 years. But the landscape of the church, the church universal and society are more different than ever. And so we cannot expect any one person, we cannot expect Mark Curtis, our new pastor, to do it all by himself. Our eyes should not be trained on him to bring amazing new feats, to bring in new growth. One person cannot achieve this. But our eyes are trained on Jesus Christ, 
who is our new beginning every day. And so our hope as people of faith rests in the assurance that God always promises a new beginning when darkness and death seem to permeate every moment of life. Our start to a new beginning may come slowly, as slowly as Noah waiting for the earth's floods to subside. A new beginning may only look like a small plucked olive branch from a dove pointing to something even bigger down the road. Our new beginning is probably not going to be huge and dazzling, and that's okay. And so we have to have discerning eyes to see how God is moving forward and be ready to embrace those small steps we are called to. The work of God is not immediate or quick, for of course God works in God's own time. And often it is long haul work. We may plant the seeds God calls us to sow and never experience the fruit they produce. But we plant them knowing that God will work through them and that future generations will prosper from our desire to embrace new beginnings and resurrection life. And so we prepare for our own new beginning by looking at our scripture and remembering God's covenant of old while moving forward and taking risks, trusting that God is preparing a new way. Let us pray. God of rainbows, God of the cross, God that is author of life itself, we turn to you in darkness and in light, recognizing that a new beginning is coming before us soon. And while we want to skip ahead quickly, we train our eyes on you, having faith that in your time, your kingdom will come. And so while we wait, help us embrace your love and mercy and justice, to have faith as Noah did, and to trust in the covenants of old as we prepare to move forward. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen.